0: Welcome back to All Things Apostolic, one of the few podcasts that's four days a week. That is when we don't miss one or two like we did last week and felt so bad about it. But we're back, and this is Tuesday. Uh, what is it, September the 26th. And we're excited that you are with us this morning. Or maybe for you it's afternoon. Or maybe for you it's going to be tomorrow before you get it. But anyway, don't miss it. Whatever you do every morning, eat your Cheerios and make sure you tune in to ATA. Those are the two things. Read your Bible, pray, eat your Cheerios and tune in to ATA. ATA is the podcast that that always it's always it's always dangerous to use the word always, but but that almost always if not always has substance. It, whatever it's talking about, it is substantive. It is something that's not just chatter. And uh, uh, if it's a report, it's a report about something substantive, something good. Like yesterday, I just mentioned that Sunday. We, I mean, I'm just excited about this. I'm not bragging. I'm not, I'm not boasting. I'm just excited. It's where I go to church. And um, uh, Sunday night, we had uh, five new people receive the Holy Ghost. I'm amped up about that. I, 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 I love it. And um, then Sunday afternoon in the La Roca Spanish service, four received the Holy Ghost. So that was nine on Sunday. So um, uh, a great Sunday would be like a hundred receiving the Holy Ghost. But this is a good Sunday. It's a good Sunday. And uh, we're believing God for a lot more of them. That's bigger and better, not less. It's bigger and better. So while I've got people around me saying that, well, there is revival happening overseas, but not in America. Well, that was true. Did you know that was true in the last few years, that there was revival happening around the world? I mean, apostolic revival happening around the world. The biggest church, they tell me, in Japan is an apostolic church. The biggest church in China, they tell me, is an apostolic church. Um, the fastest-growing Thing that has transformed Central America, a number of nations in there, Nicaragua, and now, and it's happened in Belize, and El Salvador, and Honduras, and on and on, um, and up into Mexico, uh, it is an apostolic revival. I mean, the biggest thing going on, um, some of the biggest revivals in modern history, maybe in the history sense of their Pentecost. Have occurred in Brazil and continue to occur in Brazil. The Holy Ghost is is falling in all these places. So when people begin to realize this, really realize this was back about 1970, which is now fifty years ago. Well, since that time, this revival, and I give you all the statistics on this numerous times. I'm not going through them today, but but, but since nineteen seventy, uh, the the Pentecostals have grown and continue to grow. Much more rapidly, much more rapidly than any other religious, sociological, philosophical, or political group uh, in the world it, it, of, of any kind. I mean, it doesn't matter what they're doing. There's no group growing as fast as been Well, but that was all true, but, but it wasn't really true in America. But that's changed, thank God. And there is revival in America. And we are experiencing revival. And I can give you scores of churches across America that are experiencing apostolic, Pentecostal, Book of Acts, Acts chapter two, revival. They are experiencing it. It is truly happening. And uh, and these churches are growing rapidly. And the and the cumulative total, the number of people are growing rapidly that are part of this revival. So. Um, so that's exciting That I mean to talk about that I mean if you want to talk about world events What world event is greater Than the fastest growing world event In the world <laughs> I mean there's nothing Greater than that so, um, so yeah we're going to talk about it We're going to talk about how it happens How does it erupt out of these local churches And uh, this revival Doesn't all start In apostolic churches this revival is spreaded uh, in varying degrees of, of, of biblical model, varying degrees. This revival is reaching in to hungry hearts that aren't yet apostolic Pentecostal, but they will be before they get through if they keep seeking, because that's the last of the last in the Bible in the movement back from Catholicism in the 1500s, there is incremental revelation given that denominations have stopped at each of those revelations, and we call those denominations whatever they are because that's where they stopped. But, it, but, but another group kept going, and so there's a denomination that stopped there I kept going in Revelation. And then there's another group that's done. Okay, so the last stop on the train of Revelation back to the book of Acts is to find the group that went back to the book of Acts. Presto, that's us. Because the church started on the day of Pentecost. It started with a man preaching and telling the people to repent and to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why in God's world there's people that would argue with that just blows my mind when it's as clear as it can be in Scripture and so are, are we to presume that there's somebody since then that has some better explanation of why the apostle Peter, who is the only man who was given the keys to the kingdom by Jesus Christ himself, and you're going to say you have a better way to baptize people than he did? That doesn't fly, at least not in my camp. You, you, you can't beat going back to the original model. And everybody that can read can see That in Acts 2.38 it said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I mean, why wouldn't you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? The Bible says in Romans 6 that that, uh, we're buried with him in baptism. So if you're buried with him, you're identified with him by his name being used. And this is why you find absolutely not one scintilla, not one not one speck or not one bit of evidence in the bible that they ever baptized any other way. How do how do people get off? How do people get off and try to argue? Well, it's because there is paradigmatic paralysis in traditionalism. And they get caught in traditions and they're taught it by mommy and daddy or by some scholar somewhere. And so and and when they come to this and The scholar can't help but admit this is what it says, but he said, well, it doesn't matter. So now they got a doctrine that baptism doesn't really matter. Well, why do you even have it in the Bible if it doesn't really matter? And does it matter to be buried with him in baptism? Come on, you know better than that. We all know better than that. You got to leave your tradition far enough behind to go into what the Bible says which is the final return that I'm talking about of people from the church going astray until it comes back to its original position. To come back to its original position, there's a whole lot of things, but you will repent and you will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you will receive the Holy Ghost. And you will receive it the way it's modeled in the Bible on the birthday of the church. It's a first. There's a rule. There's a hermeneutical rule, a first reference. If you know that if you're, if you're half a scholar. And so uh, this, this first reference takes us back to the day of Pentecost. So, that's a, so that church right there is growing. Now, there is revival taking place among groups that are not to that point. They're just walking in whatever light they have. And God moves on them. And God leads them. But he doesn't leave them at that level. You say, well, if they're walking in whatever light they have, then they're they're saved. No, 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 no. No, he's moving them towards the light. Like, was Cornelius saved before the apostle got there? The Bible says in Acts 14 that Peter said... The angel said to Cornelius to go get Peter, who will tell you what to do to be S-A-V-E-D. That's what the Bible says. The angel said that what, get this, the angel said that what Peter says is how you get saved, Cornelius. He was already a good man. He prayed every day. He gave alms. He was conscientious. He confessed The Lord to the best that he knew the Lord. But he wasn't saved until the apostle Peter preached to him the message of salvation. And the man got the Holy Ghost. And the man spoke in other tongues. And the man was baptized in Jesus' name, him and his whole household. I mean, what are you going to say to that? So don't don't start with, yeah, but don't start with, well, let's explain that away. No, no, no. Let's take what it says and let's embrace it. So when we talk about a a revival, everybody that's coming to God does not first come to the fullness of truth. The Bible's got example after example uh, of people that when they came, some of them were already preachers. Some of them were powerful preachers, but they had not heard the full message yet. When they got to the people that had the full message, they gave it to them and they embraced it. So, with all of that said, I'm excited today about the fact that in one of America's major universities, that is in uh, Auburn University, the other night, just in the last week or so, the other night, um, some students got together. It was kind of an impromptu church service they had. And in this church service, uh, the Spirit of the Lord moved and people recognized that they needed the Lord. And a student spoke up and said, I need to be baptized. And they said, okay, we will baptize you. But they, but I mean, they were at the university. They were on the university property, I understand, at Auburn University in Alabama, which is one of America's major universities. And at Auburn University in Alabama, this, this, Little service was going on, and this this person said, "I I want to be baptized. I sense that I need to be baptized." And they said, "Okay, we're going to baptize you." But they didn't have a place. They there was no no place to baptize. So they took him to a little lake, and at, I guess it was a little lake. It was a lake anyway, and. Uh, And they baptized. Well, the crowd grew. Other students heard about it, and they wanted to go. Pretty soon, there were hundreds of students down there in Auburn University, and over 200 got baptized. Now, I don't know how they got baptized, but they got baptized, and they were hungry for truth. And um, uh, so the people who were anti-religious in in higher ed or in any ed or in any place— just anti-religious said, "Well, you're cramming this down our throat at Auburn University, and we don't we don't want this." And they're now they're opposing it, and they're saying this is not right. And so, in that one evening, 200 got baptized, which shows you there was a hunger for God. And so there is a group uh, called uh, Freedom from Religion, Freedom from Religion, that said uh, we should not have had this happen. And one of the things that we do not appreciate is that the head football coach uh, at Auburn University actually assisted in one of the baptisms out in the water, assisted in one of the baptisms. And so how can a faculty member be doing this? And and, uh, this group, uh, Freedom from Religion, said this creates a coercive environment. I mean, as though somebody was finding out where the headquarters of the freedom for religion group was and knocking on the door and saying, we're doing this and you've got to come down here. That's coercion. You've got to come down here. We're going to beat you up. Now that's coercion. But for people to baptize others, you don't have to go. If you don't like it, stay home. If you don't like it, you can sit there and criticize it. But to say that it's illegal in America, uh, it's not carrying water and people are not accepting that. And so, Um, It's just exciting that this is happening. And these people, if they keep walking, God will lead them. God God will lead them. There are people that came out of the revival that happened that we talked about what was last year sometime or earlier this year um, uh, in the University of Indiana that uh, there's people that came out of that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're baptized in Jesus' name. They're excited about God. They're living for God. There's there's, there's all kinds of things that happen because people are hungry for truth. So, so I say, well, whatever move of God is going on, I'm going to celebrate it. I know that all of them are not conclusive. They have not come to the full uh, fullness of truth yet, uh, but, but they're walking in that direction. They're walking in that direction. And, uh, and God's going to bring some of them to the full truth. God bless you. Thank you for being with us today on All Things Apostolic.